This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, my name is Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic, and I'm excited to talk to you about Club Med. Club Med operates beach and mountain resorts and is the best all-inclusive getaway for families. They have Club Med Punta Cana, their flagship family resort, and many other options in Mexico, the Caribbean, and around the world. Club Med are the pioneers of the all-inclusive concept, which is the best way to vacation. Great for families, groups, or even solo travelers looking for land and water sports, delicious food, Food and a place to make unforgettable memories. Visit clubmed.us, call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now on Tuesday in Miami, former President Donald Trump went to court to face 37 charges, mainly relating to his handling of classified documents, which he kept at his Mar-a-Lago estate. It is the first time that an American president or former president has faced criminal charges, and they are very grave indeed. To give you a sense of how grave, William Barr, who was Attorney General, under Donald Trump's presidency and indeed who went a long way to helping Trump evade, shall we say, the consequences of his behavior, Bill Barr said this week that having read the indictment, he felt that if half of it was true, the former president was toast. We're joined now from Washington by Niall Stanich, associate editor of The Hill, a respected media outlet, for being in a partisan world, non-partisan or old-style journalism, which really deals with facts rather than opinion. Niall, thank you very much for joining us. Niall, of course, is also White House columnist for The Hill. Niall, it's been a shocking week for British people with the exposure of the duplicity of Boris Johnson. But this Trump court experience is of another order altogether, it's fair to say, isn't it? I think so, because he faces all of those charges. And in addition to the ones that you mentioned pertaining to the retention of classified information, he also faces a number of charges related either to uh, conspiracy to obstruct justice in one instance or to several charges regarding um, concealment of documents. And those are themselves uh, very serious. This is, uh, of course, the first time a former president has been charged in federal court. Mr. Trump was charged in New York State Court in April, uh, but that case is judged by most people, including me, to be much weaker than this more recent uh, example in Miami. Is the charge connected to espionage? It is under the Espionage Act. And to explain this in uh, summary, basically the Espionage Act was uh, drawn up before the current classification system of documents uh, came into 
effect. And the Espionage Act holds that you can't uh, have or be reckless, I'm summarizing, of course, be reckless with documents that would be injurious to the United States or useful to its adversaries. And when we look at some of the documents that Mr. Trump allegedly had at Mar-a-Lago, there is really no doubt that they fit that description. Things, for example, relating to the nuclear capability of the United States or to military planning in relation to other countries. There is no question about the sensitivity of this information, if the indictment is accurate, of course. And in the case of Bill Barr, he's not exactly a never-Trumper. He served Trump. Mm. And in fact, there was one very controversial circumstance in which people felt he went above and beyond the call of duty. Yes, that's right. Bill Barr was attorney general at the time that the Mueller report came out. And to, again, make a long story short, there were uh, several days in my recollection where the full Mueller report had not been seen, but Barr had issued a summary. In a lot of people's opinion, that summary was excessively favorable to Trump and um, exaggerated the degree to which Mueller had exonerated Trump, which actually had quite a few caveats and health warnings around it. And so at that time, there were clearly people, mostly but not exclusively on the left, who felt that Barr had sort of helped Trump spin the outcome of the Mueller report. Now, the classic Trump playbook, as say was applied to January 6th and the insurrection at the Capitol, is to deny everything and abuse the people who are leveling charges and he has used this tactic again. For example, the prosecutor here, the person who was the special counsel appointed by Merrick Garland, the American Attorney General, is Jack Smith. He is renowned as a lawyer and his reputation is beyond reproach. He was called names by Trump. One of them, well, uh, it's, it's hard to... Imagine that a president should talk this way about somebody serving the people. But he said some appalling things Mm. about Jack Smith personally. Oh, yes, absolutely. I referred to him as a thug, referred to him as deranged. There was a whole lot of stuff for that. The slime ball was one of the... I'm sure it was. I mean, there were so many of them, this sort of procession of insults hurled at Jack Smith. Um, Not uncharacteristic of Trump, of course, as you pointed out in your question, but I think part of a broader picture in which his uh, general attempt or general um, impetus is to delegitimize anything that is negative about him. So that can apply to someone like Jack Smith when legal charges are brought. It has certainly applied to the media when they have published uh, negative stories about Trump. It's also, of course, been true of his political opponents, even and including within the Republican Party, who he constantly attacks uh, with an unusual level of personal invective. Now, within the past 24 hours, Niall, it appears a consensus has been reached by objective observers of this that Trump, if he doesn't win the 2024 general election and recapture the White House, he's going to prison. 
certainly a strong possibility. He, of course, like any criminal defendant, will have the opportunity to push back against these charges to say that the behavior described in the indictment either didn't happen or that there were exonerating or extenuating circumstances. The problem is Jack Smith is not someone who's liable to just slap some allegations around without fairly strong support. And just to circle back again to this point of obstruction, the conduct described on Trump's part in this indictment is absolutely textbook obstruction of justice. In layman's terms, it involves Trump, while under subpoena to produce documents, telling his lawyer, wouldn't it be better if there were no documents? Or suggesting with what the lawyer uh, described as a plucking motion that the lawyer could review the documents, all of which had been legally subpoenaed, and take out the more incriminating ones and produce the more innocuous ones. I mean, this is the sort of stuff that if you wanted to explain the concept of obstruction of justice to someone who had never heard of it, these are the kind of things you would cite. Um, Also, just finally on the obstruction point, Eamon, while the most of the charges pertain to this issue of national defense information, it is obstruction which carries the heaviest potential prison sentence. If you're convicted and sentenced to the maximum there, Trump would be facing 20 years in prison. Now, it's not likely, even if convicted, that he'd get the 20 years. He'd be a first-time offender, president, former president, etc. But I just say it to underline the gravity of this situation. Yes, and CNN broke a story last week. One of his claims has always been that as president, or indeed as former president, mm-hmm. he could declassify documents if he wanted to, mm-hmm. even by thinking about, and I'm mm-hmm. quoting him, even by thinking about it, I could declassify a document. He said this in a context where he had two journalists who were writing an autobiography, a ghostwriting, an autobiography of his last chief of staff. And he had in his hand a piece of paper. And what was revealing and damning was that he said, as president, I could declassify this and show it to you, but I can't do it now. So he can't plead ignorance. And this is also contradicts what he's been saying for quite some time. Yes, that's right. A pillar of his defense, at least in terms of public relations, has been this idea that, oh, the information was all classified anyway, and that therefore the uh, investigation is a sort of political or partisan effort to do him in. And that tape recording that you're talking about severely undercuts that case, because in essence, and I don't have the, the precise quotes in front of me, although I think I think you do, but in essence, Trump is saying that this would prove this document would prove my case in a separate dispute, which is kind of complicated to explain. But this would prove that I'm right, but I can't show it to you because it's classified. Therefore, he knew that these documents were classified. He knew that there were many of these documents that he had not declassified during his time as president. And uh, virtually nobody, at least nobody who's not directly being paid by him, believes that a former president has the capacity to continue to declassify documents. Now, there's another serious matter here. The judge who will hear the case is a woman who was appointed by Donald Trump. Since she's been a judge, she has had cause to be involved in Trump cases and find in his favor. 
she has also made what other objective observers regard as bad decisions, judicial decisions. This is a factor that has to be considered. It is, absolutely. The judge in question is Aileen Cannon, and she was actually involved in an earlier stage of the Mar-a-Lago investigations, um, where, uh, again, simplifying things somewhat, she ruled in the Trump team's favor about which documents the Department of Justice and other investigators could access immediately, how that process was going to be run to see what documents they could use, what documents they couldn't use, etc. She ruled, as I say, in, in Team Trump's favor in that respect. As you rightly point out, she is a nominee of the former president. And those earlier uh, reasonings that I mentioned were quite widely criticized. So having her uh, in charge of the case is significant. The other point uh, I'd mention there, Eamon, is it is significant in terms of you know specific rulings she could make. It is also significant in terms of how fast or slowly this case might come to trial, because yes. obviously we're not a, a huge period of time away from the presidential election itself. Campaigning, debating will begin in the Republican primary in August. The first contests will be either January or February. So that whole issue of timing could be politically a very important one. Now, former CIA director John Brennan told MSNBC, he, and I'm quoting him, I'm sure Mar-a-Lago was being targeted by Russian intelligence and other intelligence services over the course of the past 18 or 20 months. And if they were able to get individuals into that facility with access to rooms where those documents were kept and make copies of those documents, that's what they would do. And that would be disastrous for the United States because the documents contain and this is why they classified information about America's nuclear capability, America's possible response to an attack from a foreign power. And there's another very serious aspect to this. It would also reveal American agents or operatives working in those countries who, of course, would immediately be out of commission. Yeah, I mean, it is clearly serious and the documents themselves are clearly serious. And just to make this a bit more vivid for those of our audience who haven't seen these photos, the, the documents while at Mar-a-Lago were stored in boxes and the indictment itself has uh, at least two, well, this is more than two photos, but two photos in the indictment show in one instance those documents being stacked in a ballroom at Mar-a-Lago. Yes. And in another instance show them stacked in a bathroom. Um, that uh, obviously underlines the lack of security involved at some time. The indictment notes that during the time these documents were at Mar-a-Lago, and I'm, I'm quoting here, that the resort hosted more than 150 social events that together drew tens of thousands of guests. So you don't need to be John Brennan, who I, actually I have um, some ambivalence about because I think he's a shady figure in some ways, but you don't need to be John Brennan or a former CIA director to see the uh, dangers of that documents of that sensitivity being stored with that level of insecurity. Right. And just to underline that last fact about the storage of them, mm. the areas where they were stored were accessible to the public. Anybody could get in there. 
Mm. And it didn't require any greater effort. Can I ask you, before we move on, about his co-defendant who Mm. was with him in the dock in Miami last Tuesday who hasn't got a lawyer and therefore couldn't enter a plea. Trump, of course, had pleaded not guilty. That's right. So his co-defendant is a man by the name of Walt Nauta, or Nauta. We're not still not clear exactly of the pronunciation of his name, which shows how relatively obscure he is. But Mr. Nauta, in any event, worked as what is called in American politics the body man for uh, the former president. In other words, the, the person who attends to his immediate needs, gets him his diet cokes if he needs them, etc. Someone who shadows a president or former president. Um, He's a a former uh, service member in the United States. I'm going from memory here, but I believe he's a former member of the Navy. Uh, The question around him or the charges around him really do pertain to uh, conspiracy to obstruct justice and to concealing documents. And again, I mean, I don't want to take our listeners through every count in the indictment, Eamon. But it is, I mean, it's, it's, it would be comical if it were not so serious. Trump, basically, according to the indictment, is subpoenaed to produce documents. They're by this stage in a storage room at Mar-a-Lago. Trump, knowing that his own lawyer is going to inspect the boxes, gets Nauta to move the boxes. 64 are removed. Only 30 are put back. And then Nauta allegedly goes on to lie about whether Trump had reviewed the documents. Again, as I say, just classic obstruction, yes. if true. And that's why Mr. Nauta or Nauta is in some difficulty. Yes. And Mr. Trump is in some difficulty also. Two of his lawyers resigned last mm. week. He's mm. having difficulty finding lawyers, reputable lawyers, because he doesn't pay them. Right. And and there is also the danger, which has been, I think, reflected not just here, but in other instances yes. of get, getting yourself into legal difficulty because of Trump's completely cavalier approach to the law. I mean, again, in this Mar-a-Lago case, there is a third lawyer who signed on Trump's word, essentially, a uh, attestation that there had been a diligent search of Mar-a-Lago and that at a certain point all the the documents required had been uh, surrendered. That was untrue. And that lawyer is now in uh, some degree of hot water herself, although she's not charged with anything in this indictment. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Kara Berry, host of Everyone's Business But Mine, and I am an all-inclusive addict. Enter Club Med, the best all-inclusive for you and your family. With resorts worldwide from their family flagship resort, Club Med Punta Cana, to their only mountain resort in Canada, Club Med Quebec, they have everything you need to relax. With their 20-plus sports activities, wellness programs, you can dine on delicious cuisine and make memories with your family. So book your next getaway with Club Med. Visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. Meet 2024's most anticipated robot vacuum, Eufy X10 Pro Omni. With powerful 8,000 PA suction and MopMaster's dual mop pads, it keeps your floor sparkling clean. It's the winner of five Best of CES awards, and Digital Trends says it boasts almost all the same features as robot vacuums that cost twice as much. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Now, the reaction from Kevin McCarthy, our Kevin, as mm. my Kevin, as Trump yes. used to refer to him, was full-on political. They give talking points, the Boris Johnson crowd as well, to their supporters or apologists, and the talking points are then spread. And in the most dramatic example of how these talking points can now catch on is January 6th and the idea that Joe Biden isn't a legitimate president and that the election was stolen. That is basically a talking point dreamt up by Trump mm. in his cups, at a low point as the presidency was about to be transferred before January 6th. Now, that particular talking point is believed by, I, I believe, somewhere between 70 or 80% of Republican voters. The talking point here appears to be that this is a stitch-up by Biden, by the Department of Justice, where Merrick Garland, who runs the Department of Justice, is a renowned for his integrity, and of course, as is Jack Smith. But this is dividing America. Mitch McConnell, for example, is the Republican leader in the Senate. As far as I know, Niall, he said nothing so far. Correct. That is correct. Now, this is watching your own country be destroyed, isn't it? Because if you destroy your legal system, mm. you haven't got a country, have you? I don't think so. And of course, this same erosion has taken place in the political system and in relation to other authorities. You mentioned the uh, fictional talking point that Biden was not the legitimate president and the degree to which that was believed by Republican voters. In this case, the uh, parallel talking point that you also referenced, that the idea that this investigation is politically motivated, according to a poll in the last few days, is believed by about 8 in 10 Republicans. So that it's yes. around 80% of Republicans who believe this is uh, politically motivated. I think this really goes very directly to the fundamental damage that has been done and continues to be done to the United States in, I mean, maybe beyond Trump, honestly, maybe in the last decade, but he has certainly accelerated it. 
just the hollowing out of trust or consensus about the actual institutions of the state and about democracy and the rule of law. And that has been greatly uh, set on fire, really, uh, not only by Trump, but by his allies in the media in a very, very dangerous way. And like any form of trust, once it's lost, it's not at all clear how you get it back. Yes. And in this case, among those cited as having basically committed the same crime, quote unquote, as Trump is Hillary Clinton, Mm. who was using her personal computer laptop to pass what well, well, you'll explain, but what I understand to be information that shouldn't have been transmitted in that way. They also refer to Joe Biden, who had papers from his vice presidency, but he gave them back when he was asked, which Trump didn't. He, mm-hmm. Biden, as far as I know, didn't attempt to hide them. Mm-hmm. But they can mix all this stuff up and come mm-hmm. up with a narrative that... Why wasn't Hillary done? Why wasn't Mm. Biden done? Why Mm. wasn't Bill Clinton done? And there's references also, and this is important, people say they've been trying to get Trump, and he says they've been trying to get me for a long time. He was impeached twice. The difference, of course, Niall, between impeachment, which is a political process, and what he's facing now, which is a matter of the law and a legal process, There's no comparison, is there? There isn't really, because, I mean, in the legal process, it doesn't really matter what Republican politicians think. I mean, it it matters in a political sense, but it doesn't matter in a legal sense. All that matters ultimately will be what the 12 members of the jury think in this case and in New York and in other cases, including the one in Georgia that you and I have spoken about before. which he is going to be charged with, it, it, it seems sure. And, of course, there's the January 6th matter, mm. which he will also possibly, probably be charged with. So he's a lot a lot to face. In this particular case, Niall, Jack Smith and the Department of Justice decided to prosecute the case in Florida. Mm-hmm. Florida is the state where he lives and where he's very, very popular. Yes, that's right. I mean, he carried Florida in both times he ran for the presidency. So that is a calculated risk by prosecutors. The other alternative in this case was to try to argue that here in Washington, the District of Columbia had jurisdiction because it pertained to national defense information. The prosecution decided not to do that. Uh, On the one hand, as your question uh, hints at, it's risky from the prosecution's side because the jury pool would be more pro-Trump than it would be in D.C. But the advantage from the prosecution case is that it doesn't tie the whole process up for weeks or months with Trump arguing that you've tried to put it in D.C. and it shouldn't be and it should be in Florida. So that's the uh, calculation there. Is your view, Niall, or the general view that he will be able to delay, which is a tactic he uses in everything, delay until after the 2024 presidential election is decided. My own reporting has mixed results in that respect. Some people say, yes, he will. You can easily put in all sorts of pre-trial motions to delay and to kick the can down the road. One thing, and this is getting a bit into the legal minutiae, but the Florida court that he is 
uh, within the jurisdiction of, is actually renowned for moving things along quite fast. It's a, <laughs> nicknamed a rocket docket because of how quickly they can move from charges to trial. He will be trying to delay that. He may well have some success, even though he's having difficulty finding a lawyer. He will undoubtedly find one soon and they'll be able to make all sorts of Can the things. judge help him in that? Probably, yes, because she can uh, she can basically consent to various delays that his legal team would almost certainly seek. Finally, Niall, I'd like to ask you about the Republican Party's, what we might call mainstream, and those in the Republican Party who still adhere to something other than the Trump way of doing things. Mm. I mean... John Dean, who was associated with Richard Nixon, Mm. and indeed who did the right thing in the end, Mm. John Dean is now mainstream in the Republican Party. And I saw him interviewed on CNN. He's sober, intelligent, and credible. And he, of course, is horrified. I mean, and just if you could, I mean, Richard Nixon left the White House in disgrace. Mm. He died in disgrace. Mm. He lived the rest of his life in disgrace. But he did nothing remotely close to what Trump has done. The other point I think about Richard... Is that Richard, being made? Or is that wrong-headed? Uh, I don't think... I mean, Nixon... I'm, I'm just thinking back on Watergate. I mean, Nixon was, as you're well aware, the implication was he was very directly involved in a break-in at the Democratic Party's yes. headquarters, um, which, you know, obviously is serious in itself. The, the one big difference that actually goes to exactly the point you're making, Iman, uh, is Nixon left and resigned when it became clear that he wouldn't have the votes from the Republican Party in yes. Congress to keep him in office. There yes. was going to be um, impeachment and removal proceedings and he was going to lose, uh, whereupon he you know, took the famous helicopter flight away yes. from the White House, the only president ever to resign. That is not the case with Trump because he has people like Kevin McCarthy insisting, and many others, insisting that they should, in Kevin's words, stand with Trump. Now, there are others who are very critical. I mean, you mentioned Bill Barr talking about the fact that Trump would be toast if half this was true. Um, John Bolton, never mistaken for some uh, (laughs) card-carrying liberal, uh, has described the indictment as devastating. Um, Karl Rove was writing in the Wall Street Journal during the week, complaining about Trump's, and this is a quote, reckless petulance, uh, getting him into such difficulty. So those voices exist. They're just not very well represented among the ranks of currently elected Republicans. Finally, we go to Fox News, Mm. which is the most popular cable news channel in the United States of America, which really invented Trump almost and certainly has facilitated and supported his rise. This week, they have just paid almost a billion dollars in damages for basically libeling the company that produced the voting machinery that was allegedly fixed in the last election. Dominion is the name of the company, and they have paid $870 million to Dominion for slandering them. This week, I understand, and you sent me, that they ran an on-screen message calling President Joe Biden 
a wannabe dictator mm. who had sought to have his political rival arrested without saying what he had done. This is kind of, by any standards, mad stuff. This is mm. a publisher, Rupert Murdoch, who publishes the Wall Street Journal, the Sunday Times, the Times, all of these great media outlets, running this kind of, well, what, has there been any reaction to it? There has been a lot of reaction, and Fox has said it has been addressed without going into detail. But just to really sort of vividly paint the picture, in the middle of the day that Trump was arraigned, or rather on the evening of that day, uh, there was a split screen up which had Biden on one side and Trump on the other. And the caption in full was, wannabe dictator speaks at the White House after having his political rival arrested. And it wasn't like Trump says that or opinion or the Fox's view. That was presented as a statement of fact. Yes. That is, I think, quite, you quite rightly describe it as mad stuff. And uh, I mean, it's hard to even find an appropriate way to respond to it. I mean, it's just bonkers. So to have stuff like that from such a prominent uh, cable news organization shows sort of where we are, even though it was addressed, even though it was taken down. The fact that that went out in the first place is quite extraordinary in a bad way. In one word, Niall, or more if you prefer, but I don't want to suck you into anything, is America the same today as it was 10 years ago? No. No question that it has changed very dramatically. Now, it may not be an irrevocable change, but it has clearly changed dramatically. Okay, now we're very grateful to you for joining us from Washington. Niall is the associate editor of The Hill and White House columnist for that paper and a great asset to the stand and indeed to our understanding of what's happening in America. We're very grateful to Niall, to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Meet 2024's most anticipated robot vacuum, Eufy X10 Pro Omni. With powerful 8,000 PA suction and MopMaster's dual mop pads, it keeps your floor sparkling clean. It's the winner of five Best of CES awards, and Digital Trends says it boasts almost all the same features as robot vacuums that cost twice as much. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Hi, I'm Kara Berry, host of Everyone's Business But Mine, and I am an all-inclusive addict. Enter Club Med, the best all-inclusive for you and your family. With resorts worldwide from their family flagship resort, Club Med Punta Cana, to their only mountain resort in Canada, Club Med Quebec, they have everything you need to relax with their 20-plus sports activities, wellness programs. You can dine on delicious cuisine and make memories with your family. So book your next getaway with Club Med. Visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor.